Well, I've always been focused on like I have a goal, whether it's like how many chains or the stand up to cancer. Like I always train for something, and now in my head, I'm like I'm training for the biggest challenge of my life, giving birth. Like I need to be the healthiest, the fittest, most mobile that I've ever been. So that's what I focus on. I like that is my end goal to be as fit and healthy as I can be to give birth. Hello and welcome to episode number 40 of For Fit's Sake, the podcast brought to you by FFS Gyms. This week, myself and Rudds are in Iconic, back in Iconic offices, and we're joined by um, Aoife McNeil, coach at FFS. Aoife, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Aoife is specialising in prenatal training, not so much postnatal training right now, but prenatal training at the gym. Exactly. Uh, and we're also joined by Laura Carroll, one of FFS's longest standing members and currently pregnant lady. Yeah. Is that, a, that yeah. the way you saw the That's intro it, going? Yeah. Um, how far along are you, Laura? I'm 26 weeks today. To the day. Happy yeah. six uh, months. Six months, yeah. yeah Very good. You. Exciting times. Um, and Rudds, how are you getting on? I'm great. Yeah. You, you, good, you still full after our cooking podcast last week with Sinead? Yeah, that was delicious. Um, I can't wait to see that and hear that turn out it's, it's live today so yeah. you might not heard it yet but the video is very interesting you ruined Sinead's good knives trying to open the tin of beans and she's so unimpressed with you she looks so angry but you just didn't really care to be honest she never watched a Rambo movie before then has she <laughs> clearly clearly so Rhodes why do we have the two ladies in today um, just to talk about prenatal training uh, to get the perspective of from Aoife coaching it in terms of some of the rationale of what we do and why we do it and how you know how you can train when you're pregnant and then to get Laura's take on what it's like from transitioning from training to how you train when you're pregnant how that feels and kind of just get get some more information on that because I think there's a lot of people out there who you know have been through this or are going through it themselves and maybe get a bit of clarity because sometimes we get a lot of questions about it for as a coach and staff yeah it's, it's a huge thing at the minute um, a lot of questions come in people not necessarily feeling comfortable they don't know who to speak to they don't know what type of training they can do Laura that was kind of your experience initially wasn't it when you found out you were pregnant how, how did that process go from communicating with us to where you are now yeah I mean I felt um, confident in emailing you privately I put you know private on the email and I sent you know a thinking about trying to have a baby, you know, is there anything, you know, I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing? I think you replied just saying, you know, no full burpees from now. And I clearly knew <laughs> at that stage that I was pregnant, but obviously I was a bit nervous of saying anything. So uh, I think I replied saying, okay, uh, yeah, no full burpees for me. Thanks very much. Like it, That was how you like, no. That's how, how I knew, you know. So. Yeah, and uh, Eve, obviously, from a training point of view, um, it's obviously very hard to get a snapshot answer. But like, yeah. fundamentally, what are the big differences? If, if you find out somebody's pregnant, what do you look at immediately, and what's the kind of progression over the the nine months with with their training? Um, well, yeah, as you said, there's no one straightforward answer to that. Usually, if when someone comes to us and says, "Guys," or one of usually one of us, uh, that they're pregnant, if they're in their first trimester, so before that twelve thirteen mark. Um, the only thing we change that they, as Laura said they don't do full burpees uh, because you're risking impact to the abdomen we obviously don't want to do that you could arguably do it and there's lots of things you could arguably do but we've taken our protocol based on research based on speaking to professionals so there's certain things we don't include and that's the only one we change in that 12 weeks and then when you get into trimester two and three what we do is bring the intensity down and the best way to sort of think of this or explain it is if you think of going into, say, the classes we have, like a Metcon suspension or strength and conditioning, and whether that's more aerobic or more anaerobic, whether it's more strength-based or like burpees and on the row are much faster for a longer period of time, 
you're going to go to generally you're going to go to a ten, intensity of about nine out of ten yeah where you're really really fighting you couldn't have a conversation with anyone by the end of the class you could lay down on the floor happily for two minutes and not move um, so we try and bring that intensity back to what, about six, max seven out of ten, so that you could always have a conversation with the coach if they were to talk to you. Um, Laura loves doing that. Um, and the other, the other way I find helpful explaining that one is, you know, when you're training and you're doing an exercise and you think, yeah, here I am doing my bodyweight squats, and then by the time you get to squat fifteen, if you're holding, say, for argument's sake, a ten kilo or a twelve kilo. And you really get to the point where you've got to start coaching yourself through it. Yeah. Saying, it's okay, Roy, come on, you can keep doing it. Just keep going. That's kind of sex six or seven out of 10 as well. That point where you've got to talk to yourself and convince yourself to keep going. Okay. So from trimester, start of trimester two, we change it where we bring it back to that six out of 10. Okay. So in trimester one, what's also good to do is start thinking about, okay, what gets me to that six? I don't necessarily need to stop there, but what gets me to that? So then rather than it being that black and white magic switch over at week 13 suddenly knowing what gets you to six okay and is there many other technical differences during the second trimester that you we look to keep an eye on yeah so we don't um we don't do any impact because with impact obviously with pregnancy your pelvic floor is under more stress uh, than it is pre-pregnancy or otherwise so with your we don't do any impact where you're going to put your pelvic floor under more stress uh, we don't do anything where you're lying on your front and a good guide on that is also the phrase don't bump the bump so you don't want to do anything where you're going to be at risk of impact really to, especially to the front of your body obviously so we don't do anything lying in the front like you're not going to do a full push up where you would effectively have to lie on the floor at the bottom of it Okay. Um, and we don't do anything where you're lying on your back either so the research on that one when we looked at this with Fabia our head of yoga and Eric our head of physio um, and Rhodes has done a lot of research in it I've done a lot of research in it we sort of all went through it together and the lying on your back one is the one I think, would you agree, Rhodes, where we had the most sort of conversation around yeah. and the most having to look into the research because there are some people and any class you go into, any teacher you go to, they'll do it. They'll You'll never find someone who approaches pregnancy in the same way. So the guide can be don't spend too long lying on your back, whereas some people will say a 30 seconds is fine, some people two minutes is fine. So because we've got so much a range of exercises that are still available, we stay away from lying on your back. So we might do something like an elevated bench or dumbbell press rather than a flat one. Which means you're still getting a lot of benefits of the exercise, just not doing it the exact same way as you would otherwise. So they're the main, there's a few other bits that we can get to, I'm sure, but they're the main sort of challenges. And then coming into the third trimester, so from semester, or trimester, semester, back to college. Uh, trimester one, you're just talking, avoid sort of bumping the bump, things like burpees. Uh, then trimester two, dropping the intensity. What's the next step into trimester three? What changes then? Um... Well, if you think about, if you think of someone pregnant in trimester one, that bump the bump is obviously more when you're showing. Yeah. So if you think about someone in trimester one, they're not necessarily going to look pregnant at all. There might not be any visible changes at all. People say you might, if your skin's different or whatever, some people seem to have a, a knack for telling. But physically, you're not going to have any changes. If you think of someone in their third trimester, they're going to have, a look, have be obviously pregnant. Yeah. So within the second trimester, that's where those changes mostly happen in terms of the physical changes that you see. And so everyone's slightly different in terms of how that progresses and how, how that changes. So when you're looking to the third trimester, you might have someone who previously is happy to go into a full depth squat, but then might, as they progress, need to regress that to doing a TRX squat where they're holding the TRX, it's supporting them and they're not going quite so low. Um, the Sorry, something hit my mind there that I wanted to think. 
the car is beeping distracted you it'll come back to me but that's probably one um, of those things well it's it's because there's such a shift I know like with a lot of look, we've we've had so many pregnant ladies training in the gym right up until literally one lady's uh, water breaking leaving the gym mm-hmm. uh, to somebody getting in their car straight away to drive to the hospital to have the baby once they've left an upper body class so like we have people training right up then but the biggest thing I see in that sort of coming into the third trimester is the physics have changed a lot the, the levers are different you now have weight say in front of your centre of mass so like things like squats where there's general balance required it they seem very different so like using things like support like trx ropes yeah. to help you squat that that helps a lot of people and um, but like there isn't too much difference or between semester two and three it's just sort of really becomes very individualized to what people feel comfortable doing i think that's a pretty fair observation to make totally and it's all about that's sorry what, what i was thinking was exactly what you said there that even though in trimester three um someone who's pregnant might think well i felt okay last week i felt feel okay this week but you're de- you're you're managing a completely different center of gravity than you had last week so you're balance you're learning where your body is and your proprioception on your body and what's happening is different regardless of how you feel physically aside from that or you feel energy or you feel nauseous or not so it's it's all about checking in with yourself and how you're feeling that's something that felt good two weeks ago and felt okay might not necessarily feel okay today and if you might get in and think i just need to warm up today and stretch a little bit that's fine that's what you need to do that day or you need to get out for a walk rather than doing the session i think one thing to bear in mind with that as well is like the, the how long the periods of time are as in like because mm. your third trimester can be very different like you said two four six weeks down the line there's such big long periods of time that yeah. your body can change so much in that period of time absolutely and for you then Laura in terms of the they're the main differences from a coaching point of view in terms of the way we do things um, with your experience so far like you're somebody I'll give you props here because you, you're too humble to say it about yourself but you're somebody who <laughs> likes to train very very hard um, a dare I say sort of a no nonsense type attitude you know when you're in the gym you're there to work you're very efficient with your time and you like to get the most out of your sessions um, how did you find that transition to particularly between um, trimesters one and two on the crossover where it had literally gone to, okay, all, all you're avoiding now is burpees and you could still train quite hard um, to, okay, we're gone now to six out of 10 all of a sudden. How did you find that? Really, really tough. Really tough. Ah, Laurie loved it. Really tough. Like, I'll talk about a Metcon first. I mean, Metcon, so, like, I'm very competitive, like I've been told. I wouldn't have really admitted it, but I am. Before we started, you said, I'm going to be the best podcast guest <laughs> yeah, you've ever had. That's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> So sometimes when I'm in a Metcon and you get paired with someone, you kind of automatically sync to them, even if you know, I'm going to keep up with this person beside me and I'm going to be absolutely knackered by the end. I'd still give it a go. And it's just, it's so hard to stop yourself going that nine out of 10 because I feel fine. I'm not injured. I'm 12 weeks pregnant and I don't feel any different. So why shouldn't I be able to go the nine out of 10? But you kind of have to check in with yourself and go, Laura, you're, you're 12 weeks pregnant, you, you really, you need to relax. But sometimes when you go into a Metcon, you get in a zone and you're just, you just switch off. Everything switches off. You're just there, you're doing your exercise. And all of a sudden the coach comes up and says, Laura, like, just calm down. You're like, I'm sorry, I just got into the, the zone, you know, and it's not I'm intentional. It's just, I'm just used to it. I'm not injured, as I said, like, I'm fine. So that was really tough. Um, but I think I'm, 
I'm okay now that my cons have slowed down a little bit. Well, also, like something important to stress is everybody does things differently. And like you'll see when we do all the research, you look online, there's people training at very high intensities right up until they give birth. There's a, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And the way we try to do things at the gym is we put safety first okay so like we still want you to be able to come in train effectively for your mental health your physical health to make put you in the best position possible to safely deliver a baby and then get back into training as quickly as possible in a fit set afterwards and um, you know at times if you end up going a little bit too intense and we kind of just you know keep an eye on it we're not trying to make sure that you're not working hard you're still working at six or seven out of ten which for some people who don't do a lot of training is is quite intense so i think Rhodes, it probably comes down to the level of fitness that you're at what that six or seven out of ten is it's very different for different people so if you're coming in at a very fit level you can still train at you know that's like 60 percent 70 percent that's still a pretty good level to be training at absolutely just in terms of so when we were putting together the protocols like one of the big things that came through in a lot of the research we read was the idea of the talk test it's quite you know it's quite heavily researched quite heavily backed up so that's something we brought in and we kind of stick with that because you know again there's just a lot of science and a lot of research behind it and best practice um, and as you said the level of someone's fitness was something we spoke about um, as coaches was that idea of if someone hasn't isn't doing a certain exercise format so if someone's never done a metcon before uh, for them to come in when they're pregnant and then come in and push themselves maximally that's going to be a huge stress on the body and it kind of goes back to that idea of like why are you in the gym what's the like what what's what are you trying to do here and at the end of the day when you're when you're pregnant you're probably not gonna get a pb on anything you know really as in like you're probably not gonna get your best ever 1k row time you're not gonna get your best ever chin up so it's you know it's more an idea of how can i as you said how can I have the healthiest possible baby? How can I be healthy, happy, all these things, as opposed to chasing chasing 10 out of 10s in the session? Like That time will come after you've you know, had a happy, healthy baby. Yeah, mm. and for you then, Laura, why do you think, like, why, why is it important to you right now to keep training? What do you feel like you get out of the gym, even though it's changed a little bit? It mightn't be, like Rod said, your 10 out of 10s anymore, but like, what, why are you there? What's important to you about it right now? Well, I've always been focused on, like, I have a goal, whether it's, like, how many chains or the stand-up to cancer. Like, I always train for something. And now, in my head, I'm, like, I'm training for the biggest challenge of my life, giving birth. Like, I need to be the healthiest, the fittest, most mobile that I've ever been. So that's what I'm focused on. I, like, that is my end goal, to be as fit and healthy as I can be to give birth. That's, I, I couldn't really have asked you to say anything better, but... <laughs> That's, it, but it is something that it's kind of um, I find it interesting because we've to have a lot of conversations with people in very brief and sometimes like very difficult scenarios in the gym where somebody could come up to you and say like I'm pregnant and they're 16, 17 weeks in and you're going oh my god okay right I've got to try and do this subtly like let the person know that it's okay um, without drawing too much attention because they could have colleagues in the gym they could have friends or family in the gym that they don't want to know about it so we, we've got to really handle those situations professionally but also safety becomes a concern. And also the 
the ladies you know mental well-being it, like there's a huge challenge for for ladies when they find out they're pregnant you know circumstances are always different some people are trying for babies some people aren't some people could find out an hour before they come to the gym and they still want to come so like we've got to be very sensitive to to people's needs at all times but the conversations that i have with people a lot of time when people are struggling mentally because there's a point you know where you're kind of going oh my god this is the situation i'm in and whether your goals are changing your body's changing it become very difficult mentally it's really important for people to remember when they're coming in training exactly like laura's saying you're probably going into the biggest like physical challenge certainly of your life like you know the, like that's a it's a huge physical challenge going through yeah. childbirth uh-huh. uh, being fit strong mobile uh, having stamina um are going to be massively important i know one of the ladies who had um a baby i didn't ask her to say this so i won't name her but uh, after she had the baby the ladies in um what's the one on mount street and Hall street yeah they were saying that um they wanted her to come in and talk to expecting mothers and talk about the importance of staying fit right up until she gives birth because they said it was the easiest um labor that they'd ever seen she was completely in control of her breathing understood her body felt comfortable she'd been through you know she was physically prepped to give birth um and i think that that's something that people really can't miss with like this isn't a time to stay fit to stay healthy and be ready to deliver a healthy baby um and then in terms of uh, your mindset so drifting towards after training have you started to think of what that's going to be like getting getting back into training no i haven't because i'm gonna give my my body time to recover whatever it needs to do i don't want to set i'm gonna be back in the gym in six weeks because that will be unrealistic because no one knows what your pregnancy is going to be like so I'll take it just week for week once I have. I'm not going to just rush straight back in. I'll have to gradually come back. And what would you recommend, Aoife, in terms of timelines for that and, and best best practices to get people back into the gym after they have a baby? Um, I find that the go-to answer seems to be around six weeks. But the more I'm learning about it, I'm also finding that the go-to answer is everyone is completely different. As Laura said, your pregnancy is going to be completely different. Your your childbirth itself is going to be completely different and then your recovery after um so it's just down to seeing how your body is staying in touch with your medical professionals and your coach um and just going bit by bit and then appreciating that when you get back that it may be slower than you think you may need to do more work in a certain area that you didn't expect to you're going to be doing a slightly type different type of training that you weren't quite used to you're not going to be going straight into metcons and doing all those exercises even though obviously now you're not pregnant, you're not looking after a body doing all all that work to grow a whole person in there, but you're looking after a body that's working to recover from having done that. And as Laura said, that's something you're ne- you've never done before. Yeah. So it's just about appreciating that, that that's going to be as much week to week and day to day as the pregnancy is itself and training during that pregnancy itself. I think as well with the postnatal, is like Vicky said, the understanding of how your body's changed during mm-hmm. pregnancy. So like, one of the big things that we get when people come back and train with us is how their core and how their stomach, their pelvic floor has changed as a result of the child's birth. Mm. And even though, like you said, you don't have a baby in there anymore, you think, oh, I can go back straight to doing loads of hopping, loads of jumping, loads of impact. And then what happens is when they come in and they start to transition to some of those things, they start to find that their experience in their pelvic floor wasn't what it was when they started, and uh, or even uh, doing the diastasis recti test where you're just basically getting your fingers between someone's abdominal wall and seeing how much separation they've had as a result of the childbirth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they come in and they uh, come in for the assessment with us and we do that test, sometimes people are surprised at how much separation yeah. there is between their abdominals. But by the same token, it's totally individual 
individual. Some people there's not hardly any change. Some people there's a big change. Um, but that's something that a lot of people kind of without the right training, without the right guidance can kind of skip over and they just wait six to eight weeks and they go back to doing exactly what they did before they were pregnant and then they start to have problems with their back, they start to have problems with pelvic floor, they start to have all these things because they haven't like strengthened up their core again and let their core, you know, rebuild to the level it was at before they had the baby and I think that's kind of one of the big common things I see with people is just like you said treating it as when you come back trying to get your body up to the level it was and fill in all the little gaps and all the things that have changed so then you can go back and train exactly as you did the way before but it could it could take six weeks to do that of the right program or it could take 12 but you know the main thing is you get yourself to that place where you are fully recovered and ready to do the things you did before not skip that and what have you guys seen so far in terms of people who have been training consistently, particularly core training? Because we found in the last six months a lot of really good ways to train the core. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- then they kind of tie in really well with the recovery afterwards. What have you guys seen between you in terms of people coming back after training? Um, a big difference between people who've been quite rigid in doing their core activation exercise whilst pregnant to maybe people who haven't. Is, is there... Is there definitely a correlation between returning to training quicker? Um, have you seen any of Yeah, absolutely. So the, the kind of probably opposite ends of the spectrum is I've worked with some people post-pregnancy who uh, haven't done anything during their pregnancy and they kind of went down that road that I described there where they went back and they tried to do exactly the same stuff as they used to do before they were pregnant and they start having issues and injuries and then they get referred to us and then they, like the, I've trained a few of them then when they come in and then we, I'm kind of working with them to try and do that little bit of work and build up their core, build up their pelvic floor and all these the areas that were weak to the point where they can go back and do the training they could do before. And those people tend to be, because they missed a big chunk, then it's a, you know, it's a more challenging transition. Whereas like you said about people training right up until their pregnancy, a lot of the times in the gym, maybe a six to eight week gap from when they start back with me and some people it's not that big a, you know it's not that big a transition it's maybe four to six weeks of yeah. doing extra core work to design to build back up their pelvic floor to help them nip back their abdominals and then they're back to where they were before the one thing i would note on that is the idea of there's so many benefits to training when you're during your pregnancy one of the big benefits is the idea that if you can close down that gap of inactivity as much as you possibly can without forcing it if your body's telling you it's not you, you're done you know like you need a break from training but as long as you can train safely and effectively and enjoyably uh, up as close to the pregnancy as you feel is right you're closing down that window to when you're coming back so then your body hasn't detrained as much whereas if you don't do anything during the pregnancy again that's your call but you just realize that you you've kind of probably extended that gap to 10 11 months so even for someone who wasn't pregnant even for me if i don't train for 10 11 months and nothing's you're gonna look pregnant nothing's happened to my pelvic floor nothing's happened to my abdominals but the the road back for me is going to be longer but just because my whole body's deconditioned so that would be a big thing i'd say is um that and then the other thing like you said about doing safe and effective ways to engage the core while you're pregnant is going to mean that there's just that less 
lag time between having the baby and then coming back and trying to strengthen up the core again and the big thing with that core is like I, I find from when we started out Rods um, like it wasn't a huge part of our business when we started out there no. what we didn't have to deal with a huge huge amount uh, but the first few people that we did work with uh, all the research was core training so like our interpretation of core training even back five years ago for ladies who were pregnant or recovering from pregnancy is so different than what we would traditionally think so if I was to have said to you Laura 12 weeks ago loads of core training instinctively you're probably going to think things like planks total body crunches your big core movements that we do uh, in terms of conditioning you uh, whereas what you're going through now are probably much smaller movements much less overall stress on the body but really teaching how to control your core uh, through those smaller movements and like I know when I we went through some of the exercise on day one you were looking at me going like what this is how am I going to feel this at all but like you probably still find that a challenge in classes to do those smaller movements and, and feel it the same way you would have bigger movements do you? Yeah no absolutely and do you think then obviously like what you're doing now that would be huge for when you you come back can you can you see a lot of the movements and exercises you're doing now being a huge benefit for you straight away afterwards yeah absolutely like the all the i know i give out about having like so much band work but like at the end of the day it's what's going to be good for my body to have the baby and recover so I would see bands in my future. Another thing as well, I know Rhodes, we talked about before with injuries, and we're not saying the same thing, but you said at Starlord, I'm not injured. Like, it can be an opportunity to work on a lot of weaknesses for certain people as well. You don't have, you know, like this, it can be an opportunity where you're, you know, you're not necessarily, sessions are all about absolutely slamming yourself. You can be in and you can think, okay, um, I've got shoulder issues or this is a great opportunity for me to possibly spend a couple of months rehabbing a different area or, you know, bulletproof my shoulders or my my, my hip extension, whatever it might be. It, they can be a great opportunity to work on some weakness as well. One example of that is we, we again, it's not a case of that this is the only way to do it. We don't do chin-ups in t2 t3 the reason for that is obviously there's a big amount of stress on the core and we can train the back in other areas in, in other ways so we just choose not to do that but again there might be people out there who do that and we're not saying that's wrong or right it's just that's our choice that's what we do in terms of our training but one of the common things that we see with shoulder pain is people when you do chin-ups you tend to become more internally rotated as a a kind of default so people getting tight and they become internally rotated one of the best ways to alleviate that is do lots of horizontal pulling so like doing a ratio so some coaches talk about the idea john ruchin talks about it of a three to one or a four to one ratio of horizontal pull to your vertical pull so for you laura you would have done a lot of chin-ups is something you would have really enjoyed but now you're not the sad face <laughs> now you're not doing them is a great opportunity for you to work on your horizontal pull and you're doing loads of horizontal pulls and then thus by doing that that's going to help you to have stronger and better posture so then when you come back to do your chin-ups you've actually you know you've banked three four months of doing loads of horizontal pull that's going to give you a healthier shoulder yeah so, so if, if you don't pb that, on your chins as soon as you come back basically <laughs> roads isn't gonna be happy but that's a prime example of <laughs> yeah. that taken as an opportunity well this is what i'm this is what i can do and i can put put a load of time and investment into doing that movement and i'm gonna get a load better at it for example one of the core movements we do is a quadruped so it's like a bird dog would be another way yep. of turning it by mm. Stuart mcgill and he talks about it in his big three of core training for back pain. 
So it is. He says these three exercises are the best things for reducing back pain, and one of them is one of the exercises we do. And the reason for that is you got four points of contact, you get um, loads of core stabilization, but you don't get the same stress through the abdominal wall as you would with a plank. But one of the benefits of that is it works loads of the deeper muscles in your core. It helps to tie in the movement between your core and your glutes in a dynamic fashion. So for you doing that, by doing that the whole way through, you've worked on a movement that has been shown to be one of the best things for back pain. So then for you, like going forward, you've developed a movement that's been shown to massively reduce the chance of back pain. So there's another opportunity to do something you might not have put as much time into before. And I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but Aoife, with people who are looking to come into training who, like, say someone's listening to this now and they're like, my God, there's a huge amount of benefits to training, but they don't train that often. What advice would you give them? Um, the best thing to do is build it up steadily and slowly. You don't want to go taking on something you've never done before and go at it full whack in the same way somebody might get excited, go to a class and then feel sore for two, three days because they've done something that's so unfamiliar to their body. So the way we do it is to just build it up steady, slowly. So you might come in and do, instead of doing goblet squats or barbell squat, for example, like someone else might be doing, you come in and you do bodyweight squats. You do those and you take it bit by bit. So you're likely to leave potentially feeling like geez I didn't do much there maybe feel a little bit the next day and then build it up bit by bit like the recommendation in terms of amount of exercise to do during pregnancy is still the same as regular which is 150 minutes a week three about five bouts of 30 minutes ideally so you're just working to build that up bit by bit and to get to sort of strengthen as Rod says those pulling movements glute work core work squatting hinging and you're kind of saying to like never do something that they haven't done before so again there's people probably listening saying like like if, if i've never really gone to the gym before mm. like what what would you recommend they do is it getting out walking is it just moving more what, what what's the best thing for those people to do yeah definitely getting out walking to start like if somebody's used to running then it's good to continue running at the intensity at a maximum of what your body is used to so you don't want to bring in something new like that particularly that's impact that your body's not used to okay. um so you want to do what your body's used to doing. And in terms of adding in, if you wanted to add in strength training, like in the small group training in the gym, some women come in who say, Aoife, I used to I used to train loads. I've gone to Pilates and yoga classes. I'm not getting anything out of those because they tend from there, they, what they tell me is they find they're quite basic relative to what they were used to. Um, so they're saying, well, I want to come in and train. How, how do I do it? What can I do? Because I'm really sporty. I've, I've trained a lot before. So they come in and the thing to remember is that it's for the health of them for the health of the baby and everyone six out of ten is a different amount of exercise yeah. so for somebody so for argument's sake if you're doing three sets of ten squats for one person what brings them to six out of ten is doing that with a 16 kg kettlebell at their chest with a two second hold at the bottom for someone who's very experienced someone else they might take that as bodyweight squats and we might only do three sets of six so you can have always have a range there to work with that somebody can push you to the top of that range or go down to the bottom of that range. So you've just got to be really, really flexible in terms of volume and load and what you're doing. Yeah. And then in terms of we're talking about obviously getting your body in the best, your body and your mind in the best physical shape possible. The other two things as well as training that are coming to play are going to probably nutrition and recovery. Um, do you, what do you think the big challenges there are, Rudd? Um, I think the big challenges there is one is that shift in mindset and same with exercise so like a lot of the people we'd have in the gym their mindset would be um you know like you're saying about chasing goals so they might be coming in they might be chasing a body composition goal and then they obviously 
they're pregnant. Now the goal isn't to become the leanest they've ever been, which might have been their goal before, and shift in that mindset and shift in the fact that, yeah, you're going to put on some weight during pregnancy, um, but that's okay and that's healthy. Um, or you get, the other thing is they might be someone who controls what they eat a lot and they kind of have their routine, they stick to it. But then when they become pregnant, they start to get all these cravings and adjusting that mindset of going, well, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm craving ice cream or because I've eaten ice cream. You know, so like for you, Laura, is that something you've experienced in terms of yeah, cravings? Yeah, you say that. I have a press at home, I think, that has like around six random packets of crisps. Like, yeah. I go to the shop and I'd see like someone walk the other way with a packet of skips. And I'm like, I'd love a packet of skips. Buy the packet of skips. I get home and I think about it and I look at the skips. And I'm like... I don't need these like what nutrition are in skips and they just go in the press but so I've got like a packet of meanies packet of skips monster munch they're all like the craving food but once I come home I just think about it I'm like what's the nutritional value like if you had an apple here would you eat the apple are you actually hungry or are you just craving this for flavor but like if the answers are like yeah I would eat the apple so you are hungry and you don't have an apple eat the crisps like you are hungry but if you're like yeah okay maybe I wouldn't eat the apple I'm not that hungry it's like well you don't need the crisps then (laughs) (laughs) I'm very tough on myself very reasonable yeah Yeah. but you kind of just think like that and I suppose doing the the nutrition challenge last year as well has really helped like just me in that mindset of like okay it's healthy eating what nutrition do I get from the food that I'm going to put in my body because I'm eating for two now well not eating for two I like have to put nutrients in the the little guy so uh but little, little guy you know yeah. say that on air the research does show that when you're pregnant your calorie expenditure goes up yeah so like you that the idea of eating for two it, it may not be the exact thing of double the amount but you are eating more now and your body does yeah. demand more calories than it did when you know before yeah um and in terms of for yourself um like like you said you're kind of coming at it from an angle of someone who's already developed loads of habits developed uh you know practice these things has kind of got that mindset and the learning that you've done through your nutritional knowledge so far um and you you're very good at making those better choices there's some people out there who you know have no concept of that who you know really don't understand what they're eating and i've seen it where they kind of they'd be eating and they'd be going oh you know beating themselves up over eating some ice cream or beating themselves up over doing it like oh, I have no willpower and also, but like at the end of the day your body's kind of telling you you need something so often it could be a case of like I need extra calories so you crave you know crave ice cream crave sweets or whatever it might be um, I think- and not being hard on yourself when you're doing that but one one tip I would give with that is the tip you gave was the idea of going yeah I'm craving this food but is there some a way I could get this where it would be more nutritional for me and my baby? Because at the end of the day, we are what we eat, digest and absorb. But the same token of your baby is going to get what you've eaten, digested and absorbed. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the example of the ice cream. One thing I talk about to people who are coached with the nutrition will be, okay, you're craving the ice cream. Let's go for the ice cream. But can we have, uh, instead of three scoops of ice cream, can you have one or two? And can we get some fresh fruit in there? Can we get some honey in there? And can we get a few nuts and seeds? So then as a result, you get a dessert that kind of tackles that craving. But in terms of nutrient density is now so much more nutrient dense for you and the baby. 
I think the biggest challenge that is that, like I've never been pregnant. So, you know, I'm but like from everyone that I, I've spoken to and that that I've coached, um it's exactly that challenge of finding the the tipping point between it's okay to do this and I I can do this because I'm pregnant. Does that does that make sense? So yeah. what you get a lot of the time, what I see is first hand coaching and like this is normal. I'm not like, you know, coming at anywhere. This is what everybody goes through. It's like it's like when you're injured or if, if for me like i would be a very emotional leader i've talked about another podcast if i lose a game of rugby and if i've played really hard i just think okay i can eat whatever i want for the next 24 hours and like that's not the, the way it works <laughs> but like that's kind of the best example that i could have had is when i was playing rugby with a couple of ladies i was coaching like i could really understand where they were coming from when they're having a bad day and they're they're were very hormonal they they weren't feeling great and they just said okay I, I i'm pregnant i can eat whatever i want and um, it's exactly if they can have that little bit of a, a controlled mindset where you're going okay i want this have it but be aware that what you're putting in your body will affect what's in your body already what i found on that is when I'm sort of talking to people who um, who are relatively newly pregnant, saying, "Okay, Aoife, what do I need to do and not do here?" And in terms of food, they're saying usually, generally, when I have a conversation with someone, they're at the end of the first trimester, so we're talking about the things that are going to have to change in the gym, and they're saying, "A, I've been feeling a bit crappy, nausea is killing me, but it's kind of eased off now, and I've been eating everything." So a good way to think of the food is that rather than, oh, well, I know I need the extra calories, so I'm going to eat all of the food rather than making those portions really big, to just eat more frequently throughout the day rather than making the meals massive and then feeling crap after them and going through that cycle that we all go through when we eat big big meals yeah. and we eat too much, to just keep it to that real food and just eat more frequently rather than... But that's even something that we talk about in podcasts recently. It's a put huge stress on your body, like binge eating, like eating mm. and eating uh, excess amounts of calories in a certain period of time. Your body doesn't get a chance to understand it's full. You overeat. You feel terrible because you put big stress in the body. So like, if you know you're going to need more calories, that's a great tip even to, to consume them st- more frequently throughout the day in smaller portions. You're going to hit your your increased caloric demand but you're not going to feel like shite at the end of it and have that kind of a slump and which can very often turn into a little bit of a, a negative spiral with emotional eating again i feel bad because i'm overeating and then i tend to overeat more yeah. so that that's great yeah. advice and it's a completely like everything with it like we've got a new center of gravity it's a completely new experience overall like you've lost matches maybe in the past we, we, we can't relate to these two <laughs> things by the way just uh, before people are listening just going that asshole yeah. but you've never been four months pregnant before if it's your first you've never been five months pregnant before you've never been six months pregnant before so yeah. every time it's a new experience Yeah. And to be you... fair to be fair and be kind to yourself as well and not compassion before yeah. we move on from nutrition two kind of last things that I'd see would be one is the change like sometimes your food taste can totally change where you could have liked something before has that happened to you where you're like things you used to enjoy don't enjoy anymore no not too much I yeah. have been like craving some milk that's basically it I wouldn't have drank yeah. milk really before and obviously my body just wanted some calcium so I just gave it some calcium yeah <laughs> but but like I've coached a few people and even speaking to some people where like their food taste totally changed where they would have enjoyed a certain, they would maybe would have enjoyed, enjoyed Asian cuisine before and now they can't stand the smell of it and their partner can't even you know like yeah. have that in the house anymore. their partner's not allowed to no, eat it but, but you know like as in I've seen it where where people where they totally change their tastes so as well for say for instance that is happening to you kind of listening to your body on that and going I I actually don't want to eat that now while I'm doing it what do I want to eat what do I feel like eating how can I get a nutrition option for that and then kind of start 
learning recipes along those lines of the things you enjoy and start building your repertoire with that because you might have to start coming up with new recipes and doing new things based on your tastes uh, changing through the pregnancy. Uh, and then the last thing is hydration. So like hydration is huge during pregnancy and it's one of the things that we talk about with everyone in the gym who trains in the classes and the information we send them out that Aoife sends out is just making sure you're hydrated um, especially coming into summer now that when you're in the gym that you just don't come in without a bottle of water yeah. and if you don't have it ask a coach for it or go buy one out of the vending machine or whatever it is because that is a big consideration based on the research of being well hydrated when you exercise especially yeah. with the with lovely weather we're having at the minute mm. yeah everyone's looking a little bit rosy cheeked uh, so the last thing then before we move on um, in terms of recovery I'm going to go sort of two pronged here talk to Rudd's about sleep and square demands of sleep or is there an increased demand during pregnancy or is that like you've seen information that would suggest that yeah um, in terms of I believe there is but I don't exactly quote myself but I believe there is in terms of increased demand but just from coaching people a lot of the ladies that I coach during the first kind of trimester and second trimester the body's getting used to it and they're more tired and going you're tired sleep in like you know instead of training in the morning so say for instance you're someone in the morning and you're constantly wrecked coming in to train listen to your body get the extra sleep and then if you want to come train come train in the evening because cutting yourself and your baby short of sleep, I don't think it's it's not it's not going to be a positive thing, you know. And then physical recovery. Have you found um, obviously you're not going to necessarily have the same kind of doms that you might have before. Your body might be as sore, but with the way everything's changing, is there anything that people can do in terms of physical recovery extra to to help them prepare while they're pregnant? Um, I suppose just keep. I think we all know that stretching is great for us, and generally it helps after training and will feel good but we tend to not necessarily make too much time for it until the physio tells us we have to and then we give it half the amount of time the Thanks, physio Kali. said yeah. um, so I find that when you a lot with pregnancy they get, you get tightness in different areas so certain stretches and looking worth finding those stretches can really help I think you got a good one recently didn't yeah, you yeah I did Carl shout out to Carl he gave me a lovely uh, stretch for my side yeah I was just getting a tight side so you've been doing it at work lots. yeah pretty yeah. much people are wondering what I'm doing I'm standing up you know what's a crazy up. pregnant lady doing <laughs> <laughs> what is she with all those skips in the cupboard but, but we, we found that definitely stretches is one thing it's a yeah. like I remember a lady we had in the gym she was really wanted to have her hands over her head for all, all lunges and, and squats and like to me that would be you know like especially with with sort of the the weight shift to the front that will put a lot of stress in your lumbar spine but the relief that she got through her lats and through through her traps from putting her hands up in the air she felt much better doing basic movements like that and yeah. um, so like it, it's so unique and your body's doing such crazy things that try, play around with different things you know like you might find something that is great stretch freeze up your obliques whatever it might be your lats but like don't be afraid to experiment with things don't just say oh because i'm pregnant i'm going to be stiff in these areas like you can but as well or i've seen you and i've seen other ladies who are pregnant gym they use that time to come in and stretch before the session to just mentally like i can see you when you're enrolling you're you're fairly switched on you're having a look around what's going on you're you're coming up and checking the board seeing what your alternates are going to be and you're very much in control of your session then you're not fully relying on us this isn't shouting out to everybody else who's pregnant gym to come in and read the sessions the whole time but you know you're, you're really taking ownership of your 45 minutes or your hour in the gym um, so then you're a bit more at ease as well when you start and you can just focus you're not like okay what do I need to be told to do next and mm-hmm. that probably makes training a little bit easier and more enjoyable for you yeah once it's on the board I just go up read it and just I stay close to the board 
So I can just, I know what's next. I don't have to memorize all six of the warm-up off by heart. Yeah. So I just tend to float over towards the board with the, a band and perhaps a kettlebell. Yeah, because you know they're going to be used. Yeah, exactly. They're only going to stretch in after sessions. Obviously, there's a huge benefit to that because it's it's, it's telling your, it's signaling to your body session's over, it's time to recover. Um, so as well as it having physical benefits to stretching and making your muscles feel better, um, like psychologically, neuromuscularly, it's letting your body know session's over, time to recover, and that's going to have huge benefit for you. Like anybody who's at the end of a training session, um, it'll definitely have a big benefit. Before we jump on to a fantastic uh, baby quiz that I've pulled out, uh, where Rhodes is going to take on the two ladies, uh, anything else you'd like to add in, uh, Aoife, before we wrap up? Um, no, I don't think so. I was thinking there as we were covering the recovery after the birth um, that I think there can be a fair bit of pressure, whether it's social media or otherwise, to you know get to back to pre-baby body and I want to get back and how fast can I do it? What should I do? What do I eat? What exercises do I do? And to just remember that self-compassion of your body's just done something it's never done before or is likely to do three times max and that it's probably done the most amazing thing that it can do to just give it that time and appreciate that it's going to change a little bit. Go with that yeah. and keep checking in on it. Um, I think that pressure of we see whoever on Instagram has become pregnant and now everything's going to happen that way. Yeah. It's not. But the, yeah, that's super. So it's the, I suppose it's the regular social media just to remember that all rules still apply in terms of we are real people. Okay. Uh, this is going to be fun, hopefully brief. So the forfeit for the quiz is going to be baking something for the coaching team at the gym. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or baking something. What well, Laura or, would be, yeah. Coach Laura. Coach She's Laura, called yeah. Coach Laura for a reason. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw this one to Rudds first, um, since you are the challenger, Rudds, in the yeah, baby oh, quizzes. Which famous George named his five sons George? Was it George Carlin, George Clooney, or George Foreman? George Foreman. Hot Rudds, 1 0. All right. Uh, okay. To the ladies, you can consult. Like this Are is we a unfair. Team or is this Laura? Um, You're team. You're probably <laughs> more pregnancy than I do. Yeah, we, we, we. Yeah, okay. So, who is the mother of Apple Blythe, Alison Martin, and Moses Bruce Anthony Martin? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow, Maya Farrell, or Nicole Kidman? A. What's A? I didn't. I didn't. The didn't, first answer. That was Gwyneth Paltrow, I believe. Even Rudds would have got that. Okay, one all. Um, Rudds, this nephew of Francis Ford Coppola and Thalia Shire named his son Cal L, Superman's birth name. I think you knew that. Um, Jason Schwartzman, Jason Lee, Nicholas Cage, or Roman Coppola? Nicholas Cage. Correct, you are, Rudds. Okay. Um, yeah, that was story. I'm just (laughs) okay. Um, Musician Eddie Van Halen and actress Valerie Bertinelli named their son after what famous classical composer? Okay, (laughs) Eddie Van Halen. Come on, you gotta go this year. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Felix Mendelssohn. Oh my God, um, Tchaikovsky uh, or Johann Sebastian Bach? First one or the last one? The, like so Mozart or Bach Tchaikovsky who are we going for number one Mozart. M- Mozart and you'd be correct oh my god okay Rudds before Tom Cruise became dad to Suri with wife Katie Holmes you know Tom Cruise's Rudds he adopted two children with former wife Nicole Kidman what are their names uh, Anthony and Janelle Isabella and Connor or Tom and Leanne Leanne being L-E-E-A-N-N-E not yeah. Leanne yeah 
Tom and Leanne. Ah, Isabella and Connor. Unlucky runs. Okay, ladies. Oh, this is too easy. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Brooklyn Romeo and Cruz are the sons of what athlete and his posh wife? Tiger Woods and wife Elin, ex-wife Elin, uh, David Beckham and wife Victoria, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf, or Michael Jordan and Juanita? I need a moment to discuss this. Um, we'll go with B. You'll go with B. Yeah, posh and Bex. Okay, ladies, you win. <laughs> nice. uh, so, Rhodes, what are you going to bake? Uh, to be confirmed. To be confirmed. That sounds delicious. Uh, ladies, thanks so much for joining us, Laura. Happy again, six-month um, pregnancy birthday. Um, <laughs> great to have you in. And I think, I hope that everyone who's listening to this, if they are pregnant, if they're thinking about having a baby, um, communication is very important early on. Yep. Uh, whether it's with your trainer, with your coaches, with medical professionals, um, speaking to people and finding out what you should do. And like, You don't need to go into it sort of afraid and uncertain about what you can do. Find out what you can do and then commit to it. Um, there's lots of good resources out there um, I think you hit it so well hit the nail on the head earlier in terms of talking about how it's the biggest physical challenge that you're going to go through Aoife you mentioned that as well and staying fit and healthy throughout pregnancy is so important it allows you to have the best chance of having um, a, a successful birth and recovering from training quickly and delivering a healthy happy baby so thanks very much for both your time ladies thank you thank you